I think, though, we, American society has existed far too long for there still to be spaces where it's a privilege that has to be offered based on someone's benevolence right. for us to get access. Like, yeah. like that's just BS. And, and everything that exists like that needs to develop some critical analysis about itself, some self-awareness about itself, understand that it perpetuates a particular kind of, uh, of inequity. Let's begin. Blank paper and pen. Stories to tell. Battles to win. Deep breath and count to ten. Let's begin. Let's begin. Let's begin. Let's begin. What up, folks? This is Leroy Barber with the Sit Up Podcast. And guess what? It is summertime. You know? Uh, yeah. Now, I'm from Philly. So, uh, summertime, I, I connect with Will Smith's song, right? Summer, summertime, sit back and unwind. You know what I'm talking about? So, um, just want to wanna tee up the summer. Uh, and as we uh, get to our relaxed mode, uh, Sit Up Podcast is going to take a little little summer break as well. Now it's not going to change our content. There'll still be some content coming forward for you every week, uh, but we're not going to do a whole lot of live shows this summer. Uh, we'll, we'll do a couple, but uh, not a ton of those. You'll, you will still hear new stuff. Uh, we got some Jose Humphreys coming. We got an uh, interview with my wife, Donna Barber coming. Uh, we, some stuff left over from inhabit and the voices in our travel so summertime will be this relaxed time for the sit up podcast. But I do have some questions about summer. Uh, you know, I always got questions. What's a cookout and barbecue to you, right? What does that look like? You're going you're gonna to have some barbecue, some cookout this summer. How's that? How's that going? How's that going to go over? Right. I don't know. You like. Do you like uh, your pulled pork? Right. Or do you like yours barbecued? with the bone on right off the grill, slap the sauce on it. Now, you know, our producer, Andrew Morgan, he's from, he's from Kansas city. So he's a little bit snobby about this barbecue thing. He got a whole process, right? So, uh, we should, we should do a show where he's just talking about how he prepares his barbecue. Cause he'll go on for about 30 minutes about that thing. Um, so here in PDX, we got something called Good in the Hood, right? Where uh, we go down and there's a festival and everybody come out. Uh, there's some music, doing some old school stuff. Uh, so what what kind of festivals are happening in your city this summer? What what you gonna get out to? How you gonna how you gonna celebrate the summer and unwind? You know, some folks go camping. Now I know. Camping's, a, you know, that's a, some people camp, some people don't. You know, I know I got some black folks listening and going, we ain't going no camping, right? Uh, I know, I know. But some people are going to go camping. I think I'm going to take my kids camp. Some of y'all, all y'all don't know me, but I, I, I'm I, cool with an RV rolling out and get some camping done. So that's me. Uh, doors open, you open up the doors, right? You kind of let some of that hot air in. People kind of hanging out on on the stoop, right? If you're from Philly, you're hanging out on on the steps. You're from Baltimore, you're sitting on the stoop, right? Uh, I, I get. I don't know what they do in LA. I'm not a West Coast guy, but I'm telling you, East Coast, we out and about in the summertime, hanging hanging in the streets. Uh, schools out, kids are 
Kids are either at the house all day, right? Now, nowadays, kids are in their video games, right? Uh, but when I was a kid, uh, we hung out all day long. We got up in the morning. We were outside playing football, getting all sweaty. Matter of fact, I don't know. This will tell you how old I am. My mom, my mom, we'd come in the house in the summer to eat. She'd be like, y'all smell fresh. Y'all smell like outside. I, I don't know what that means, but that's an old school Southern thing about the summer. Um, yeah, and and some people take a break from church in the summer. I, now, my mom, there was no such thing as a church break, right? But the church attendance in the summertime drops off. People don't go to church uh, in certain places. Now, and that's that'll probably that's a cool topic to talk about. Like, is that a cultural thing or is that all churches? Right? Do some do 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 white churches fall off more than churches of color in the summer? I wonder. We should we should maybe take some surveys. We we should throw a survey up and uh, and see see what happens with church attendance in your church based on some cultural stuff. Um, and, um, the church I grew up in, there was, there was vacation Bible school. So I know, uh, even if you didn't go to church, like vacation Bible school, churches kind of do it up in the summer. I, I'd like to see that thing, like, like, you know, brought up the speed a little bit more, like, like cont- bring into some contemporary versions. Maybe y'all, your church should do like a church block festival for five nights, right? Get stuff out in the street, some barbecue stuff, close off the street and just have some block parties every night uh, and have the church get to know the community that way. That, that would be cool. That's, that's for free for y'all churches that don't, don't know what to do in the summer, but it's summertime y'all. Uh, and the sit up podcast is going to take a break. Uh, content will still come at you every week or every other week. Still listen in and catch up if you need to start from the beginning and listen to us all over again at sit up podcast. This is Leroy Barber. You can reach us on Facebook, uh, at sit up podcast. You can get me at Leroy Barber on my Twitter. You can get me on my Facebook. You can get me on my Instagram, leave some messages this summer. I'd love to get back to you. We'll do a couple live shows just to keep it fresh, but y'all have a good summer out there. Let's begin. Listen, and let's be clear. You only get one chance, one opportunity, one request to appear, one moment to consider what you might hold dear, a few seconds to digest what might be coming near, a quick check of which direction you may want to steer. Maybe God is pro-choice. He gave each of us a will, a mind, a voice, and whether we will make statements, speak truth, or add to the noise is up to us to take the dust we've been given, to treat our seconds like scents and watch how we spend them, to use our words like olive branches in the mouths of birds and watch where we send them, take the negative thoughts we were taught, take our wounded souls and hearts and let God mend them. Let's begin, blank paper and pen, stories to tell, battles to win, deep breath and count to 10. Welcome into the Sit Up Podcast. I'm your producer, Andrew Morgan. As you just heard Leroy Barber kind of explain, we are uh, yet again in one of these scenarios where we, we've run across someone who's innovative, who's doing something really positive. And so I'm going to let him introduce himself to you because me and Leroy, we're excited about this, this episode. So introduce yourself to the people. My name's Melvin Bray, and uh, I am a facilitator and a strategist and an author and uh, been hanging out with Leroy for many years. And he said, come up to Seattle. So I decided, hey, you can't say no to my man. Yeah. Now, you said you're a facilitator. Yeah. 
explain all those things that you said you are. Because <laughs> it's one thing to say them, right? But I'm going to need you to give us a breakdown on how important. Because it's important. Yeah, yeah. Especially like as a man, as a black man. Yeah. And you're telling me you're these titles. Yeah. And some of those titles, I don't get a chance to hear black men say that they are in an yeah, official capacity. Right? Like, so that's a gift, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. So explain that to me. Like, that's not casual. If, if our whole 20 minutes is just on this fine. Yeah. Explain to me. <laughs> It'd be different if I said I'm a doctor or a lawyer. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. We, we know get what that. These we get are. that. Yeah. Um, so, so the word facilitate means to make easy. Right. And so one of the things I've learned is I don't really have to make it much more than that. What I do, I, I do a particular type of facilitation called design based problem solving. And so all that fancy title is I, I, I'm pretty good at getting groups of people to speak to one another. And to figure out they probably already have the answers to their problem. They just didn't know how to listen. And so I create scenarios in which they can figure that thing out um, using design principles, right? Because there are ways that we we design things for human beings or we design things just to be clever. I don't want to just be clever. (laughs) I want human human beings to be able to use the spaces and the tools that I'm, I'm able to put together to help them talk. And I make it easier for them to hear one another and to talk about things. So beyond basic uh, educational qualifications, where did you get that skill from? Ah, so, so I'm a educator by, by training, right? right? Like, so I went to college to teach and I taught for off and on informal and informal spaces for about 20 years. Right. Like, so I have plenty of classroom experience. Um, and, and, you know, when I went into education, the, the model that had been in place for how you educate for a long time was kind of sage on the stage. He's the smart guy. Let's listen to him. Um, But the more I did it, the more I wanted to create opportunities for the the kids I was teaching because I I did mainly high school, but I wanted to create opportunities for them to share their knowledge with one another, for them to be participatory. And and the world was changing. Right. Like like people were demanding to be heard. Right. And, And that wasn't that didn't that didn't miss the classroom, right? Like even in high school, kids were demanding to be heard. And so how do you create scenarios where you can share what you know, but also be open to, to learning some more? And so how, I started to look at how do you create projects that create that opportunity? How do you set up your class so that I'm not up, up, up front giving a lecture all the time, but rather allowing you to discover, you know, discovery yeah. learning was kind of kind of my thing. I ended up, so I got invited to a gathering that I probably shouldn't have been in, right? Like I didn't have any qualifications. It was a bunch of clergy and a bunch of activists. And I I was neither, (laughs) right? Um, But the the way I describe my work at the time I was doing, um, I was doing kind of eco-literacy work, gardening with, with, with youth. And I used to describe it as, this is like, I'm tilling the soil for young people so that when you have a, as an activist or an organizer come with a justice message, 
when you tell them this is something that's important because they've dug their hand in the dirt and they know how things grow, they'll be receptive to, to, to what you're saying, right? Because everything, when you're growing something, everything is done on the strength of the relationship that you nurture. And that's the same true about most justice work. So because I used to describe it that way and use that, that language, uh, I got invited into the room. And this guy was doing this design based problem solving stuff, this facilitation stuff. And uh, I watched it as the organizers in the room mutinied. Yeah. And they started organizing against him. And uh, they they were simply saying, hey, we don't like these power dynamics that we're we're, we're, uh, engaged in. And we'd like to set this thing up differently after he was done. I mean, things resolved themselves. We, We got some good work done that day or that over those three days after he was done. I I sat down with lunch with him and I said, you know, I'd love to be a fly on the wall the next time you did this just to watch you work because I get why you were doing everything you were doing. I also understand why it didn't work. Right. But I get why you were doing it. Right. Like my education background made me be able to read what was going on behind the scenes. And he was like, you can't be a fly on the wall. If you come, you got to work. Right. And I so I ended up apprenticing with him in this work that he was doing mainly in corporate space. And I kept asking myself, what if we took this stuff and applied it to some of the the biggest most most intractable problems like yeah. poverty and 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 racism and stuff like this and you know so that that's how I ended up doing this work and and good thing is people keep inviting me so that's so l- let me ask a question uh, coming from the story that I'm curious about mm-hmm. was this individual who kind of took you into this mm-hmm. world was this a black man no it wasn't how important was that to be in a space with someone of a different background Mm. and that, and that kind of a, I need to learn from you. That's an interesting question. Um, So here's the thing. The world he was a part of, right. Was a very, um, it had been set up and manicured in a particular kind of way. Uh, Hermetically sealed, maybe (laughs) one way of thinking about it. Right. Like, and so, the opportunities, the places he went, the folk he worked for, you know, he was working for Fortune 500 companies, Fortune 100 companies. These are all spaces where you don't get in the door right. without someone who's already has entree. You just don't. Right. They are spaces where nepotism is, is a way of advancement, right? Like, I do this. I pass this opportunity on to my son or to my daughter. Um, So I would have never encountered that world, been given access to it, been able to see what had been accomplished, like learn the history, learn. I would have never had that chance. Like, like you say, the word facilitator is almost, you know, I mean, it's unfamiliar in, in, in black spaces. I wouldn't have encountered it without his willingness to mentor me, sponsor me in that work. And so, you know, it was it was a great gift. I think, though, we, American society has existed far too long for there still to be spaces where it's a privilege that has to be offered based on someone's benevolence. 
right for us to get access like yeah. like that's just bs right yeah. like like and in everything that exists like that needs to start develop some critical analysis about itself some self-awareness about itself understand that it perpetuates a particular kind of uh, of inequity and do something about it cuz cuz you know that kind of that kind of thing is part of I mean, it's it's the whole of the justice problems we have in the world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I, you know, I, I, I asked that question because I see us as a as a community moving toward change and just mm. wanting to, to have that type of change. But where are you going? What are you going to do with the information and the knowledge that you have mm. uh, specific to giving back to the community in which you came from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good question. So, you know, one of the, the commitments I've made when I when 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 I stepped into the space uh, and, and, and saw just how few people of color, um, how few women even um are given uh, ha- have had those same opportunities is uh, I immediately made the commitment that when I put together a team of folk, cause I don't do this work alone. Right. Um, when I put together a team of people, it will be primarily people of color. Right. And, uh, and my commitment is that unless timing just doesn't afford the possibility, you know, the, the women I know who, who, who do the work um, are, are, are otherwise obligated and they can't, can't uh, be, they aren't available. Then at least 50% of any team I put together is, is going to be women of color. So how important is it and why is it so important if it is to Mm -hmm. you to listen to women of color? Oh man, it's hugely important, right? Like, so I think we're, we're in a moment when those who have been historically marginalized have insight and perspective and knowledge and learning and skills that have been built from having to survive in a world that was insistent on marginalizing them, that is critical essential to being able to solve the problems we've created for ourselves with, with this persistent inequity, persistent material inequity. And that's, that's a whole nother thing, right? Like the inequities aren't just ways of thinking. They're ways in which we've actually structured life. And so the skills that, that, that historically marginalized folk have are the skills and the leadership that's most needed right now. Um, You can't, Folk who, you know, Einstein said that, you know, you can't solve a problem with the same level of thinking that created it. Right. Right. So the folk who created the inequity aren't the solution to the inequity. (laughs) They aren't going to be the solution to it. Women in particular and queer people, women of color and queer people of color in particular have 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 a set of experiences and skills and leadership that our world is dying, literally dying for. And so anything I can do to get behind that, you know, I have a certain set of skills that allow me to be in places like the place we are today and, right. and, and allow in uh, and, and, and that that uh, people are inclined to put a mic in front of my mouth. Um, and, and I get to, I, I, I get to say my piece on a regular basis. I've been gifted with those opportunities. Right. Um, but I realized my, 
my it's not my time on stage so much anymore. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to pass up the opportunity to speak if I have it. But I, I am much more, much more um, interested in wanting to create opportunities for folk who have not had the same opportunity and, and to learn how to be in my, my the gift for me is I'm learning how to be in support of other people. Rather than having other people be in support of me, I'm having the opportunity to sponsor other people and say, so, yeah, man, I'm I'm totally excited. Is it important? Absolutely. All right. So let's shift focus just a little bit. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about your book. Okay. How many books do you have? (laughs) So I have one where I am the sole author. Okay. Um, And then I've helped edit a couple and I've been uh, had, had the good fortune of having a chapter or two included in a few. So we'll mention those others uh, toward the end here. Mm-hmm. But why don't you uh, tell me a little bit about this book title, where we can get it from, what's it about, okay. how'd you get to the process of making it? Because we're always excited to talk to uh, people of color who are writing books because this means more people of color could possibly be reading books soon. Oh, yeah. Well, so. you know, the the largest demographic of folk who are reading uh, uh, of the book buying public or the not the largest demographic, but the fastest growing demographic of the book buying public are black women. Yeah, I can women see of that. color. Yeah, and uh, all day, always day. has been, at least around my way. Yeah. Whether it was, you know, some Tony Morris or something. Yeah, or man. Zane or anything. Yeah, anything. <laughs> but man. they were reading. Yeah, yeah man. So. Reading, reading, consuming, building knowledge. Ah, so wonderful. Creating knowledge. Um, So my book's called Better, Waking Up to Who We Could Be. Okay. And the premise is that the world that that in which we exist exists how it exists um and but but if we want something better we're going to have to reimagine the world um the the question the kind of driving question is what if the world we've created is exactly the world uh that we storied into existence with the hostile faith stories we've told mm. that's good what if the reason we hate immigrants is because we tell hostile faith stories yeah. That teach us to other other people. Right. What if we've said God created Adam and Eve and not Adam and Steve so much that we can't help but be hostile towards our queer siblings? Yeah. Right. And so so then is that because the story itself is faulty? Or is it we're just bad storytellers? <laughs> what would it be if we went back and we reimagined how we tell the story and in some cases went actually back to the story yeah <laughs> and told a more beautiful and just and virtue filled version of that what what how might that inspire our kids how might that inspire ourselves to actually build a more beautiful world and so that's the that's the thing I'm doing I I I I introduce a, you know, I take the first chapter to introduce this notion of storytelling and how powerful it is. You know, what, what, what myths, which is a particular type of story myths are, are, are the stories around which people groups organize their lives. Right. And I, I talk about how important that is and what makes for a good, a good, a good myth and how that works. And then I spend the rest of the book just kind of 
reimagining certain 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 biblical stories that have been handed down to us and reimagining how that affects how we show up in the world. And uh, that's kind of it's the work I do when I'm doing this strategy and this facilitation, except I'm bringing it over into a religious space because in that work I'm teaching people how to reimagine their world right like a design based problem solving is you're actually designing the world in which you want to live in and, and and but I'm in, in, in with the book I'm I'm bringing those those same principles into the faith space and saying the stories we tell affect the world that we create and the world we want to live in Man, that's good. So where can we uh, find your book? All right. So uh, the book was published by Chalice Press. It okay. was released in 2017. So, you know, the they're, they're typically always have the best prices if you go to their website. Uh, Chalice, it might be chalicepress.com. Okay. Um, I think it is. So you can get it there. But it's yeah, all places where books are sold. You know, Amazon's taking over the world. It is. <laughs> Right. It's scary. <laughs> Amazon has taken over the world. And, you know, I, I encourage folk, though, to reach out. Right. Like, you know, I, I, I love showing up in places and talking about things and and doing workshops where where, where folk learn how to tell better stories. Man, I, I, I can't get enough of those opportunities, because if you can get people to do it, if you can get people to recognize it's it's not because I just happened to be good at storytelling or, you know, I studied storytelling. Right. Like I was a literature teacher or whatever. Right. It's not that. Right. Like we all have the power. Right. Like we don't have to give the power away to the most strident voices in the world to be the ones who narrate what the world's supposed to be. We all have that power to choose to tell the story of the world we want to live in. All right. So our time's up. OK. But we've got it. I, I want to hear you and Leroy talk. Oh, so yeah. you're definitely going to come back and do the sit up <laughs> podcast again. Like rarely do I make those type of production man, decisions. I appreciate that, man. I know we because there's so we only really got a chance to talk about one part of what you yeah, do. Yeah. So there's so much more that uh, that we just can't fit in this little 30 minute sure, window. Sure, sure. But we we want to have you back. We want to talk about some of the other books that you help co-author yeah. and, and all the different things that you're doing for uh for just people in different communities all over the country. So yeah. thank you for being a guest on the sit up podcast. Man, man. I appreciate it so much, man. And I, I, I love what y'all are doing, trying to trying to showcase folk who are who, who have the opportunity to do great things and particularly people of color, man, putting that spotlight on us, man. I so love it. All thank right. You. Thank you. Let's begin, let's begin, let's begin, let's begin. Let's begin. Let's begin.